this episode of the Unhinged Biz Podcast, let me tell you, I did not know that it was going to turn into what it did. And I'm so glad that we got taken down this, the the road less traveled, I guess. I'm very passionate about a couple of the topics that came up in this conversation. And I would love for you to just have a listen and really ask yourself, how do you define freedom? What does that look like for you? And what are you doing to achieve that? So this took a twists and turns and I just, I completely love this episode. So I hope that you do too. So you just got back from vacation, which I'm not going to lie, pretty jealous. What was it like for you taking vacation after you said three years? You haven't really been on like a good one. (laughs) I like a good one. Like, you know, my team was taking care of things and I was really enjoying myself and I actually relaxed, which was wild. I mean, I really haven't relaxed in three years. I should say that. And I actually relaxed. It was wonderful. I left my, my day job, my, I'm a nurse like normally. So I left my day job on August 4th, which was kind of a long time coming and I've really just been playing a lot ever since. <laughs> so this week I finally got back into business, which was good. It was a nice, a nice shift. So that wasn't that long ago that you actually took like fully committed now and you're in and like there's, I mean, I'm not gonna say there's no turning back because you could if you yeah. want to, but it seems like you're not going to because you've been like on fire in a good way. <laughs> yeah, it's it was really wild. So my business, I mean, I've been like a six-figure business for solidly two years, you know? So okay. it's not like business wasn't good, you know? But I really yeah. like nursing jobs and I was just having a, a hard time cutting the cord, which was kind of an odd space for me because like I had a business 10 years ago maybe over 10 years ago now, but I was like a health coach. It was a wellness business. And like, I did not like my nursing job at the time. I mean, I liked it, but I was working nights and I, it was not going well. So all I wanted to do was leave my nursing job back then. And like, I could never figure out how to get my business to go enough so that I could leave my nursing job. And so now like business is going and it's been a thing for a while. And it, you know, is a, a decent moneymaker. And I was like, Ooh, I don't think I'm ready to leave nursing. So anyway, it was a really hard decision to, to take. I had like so much fear come up. It was wild. Like the past few months have been kind of nuts. So it was really needed to take this month to like decompress, let the dust settle, you know, revive my brain a little bit. And now I'm ready. Yeah. Have you been feeling like you left the oven on or something at home like you know when you feel like something is missing like what am I not doing that I normally do like have you had that feeling oh yeah yeah because so this past so last year like two years ago when I like hit the six-figure mark business was good and then I kind of stopped marketing myself because I had a lot of business and I was just trying to keep up and I was working a lot I mean I was still working as a nurse and I was working I mean easily like 80 hours a week it was kind of nuts. So I started building my team out and I am not a team manager. Like I didn't really know what I was doing. That was so far, like the hardest part of building my business was getting my team to do mm-hmm. what would help me because I'm a little bit of a control freak. And so I just had a really hard time, like yeah. loosening the reins and like letting them step in and do some stuff even up until like last December. So it was like a whole year of like getting the team on board and sort of onboarding them and in a not very organized way. And then in December, I was like kind of at a breaking point and I was like, you know what, just help me, help me. (laughs) And so they did. And so now they're helping me. And really like this year they've lightened my load and it was a weird balance because I'm always like, I'm accustomed to doing, 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 like I'm a, I'm a doer and I don't know how to relax. And so Anyway, yeah, like this month I was like, okay, they they've like taken over and now I don't have to go to nursing work and I can go on vacation. And then I could come back from vacation and actually like still not have to work. And so I didn't. <laughs> so it was great. But you know, of course, now I I do have to work and I want to grow the business and the whole point of leaving nursing yeah. was to like 
forge ahead and and keep this thing rolling. Yeah. Yeah, you just described what do I do with my hand syndrome where yeah. you're just like I don't know what to do and it feels weird and I'm I'm somebody who thrives with nothing to do. I absolutely love it. However, when you're used to doing and then suddenly there's nothing, you're like what? Like, yeah. So, so I, I completely understand that. So, okay. Tell me about your team because I, I'm curious how that was for you. Did you check in while you were on vacation? How big is your team? Like what is also, do they, what do they handle for you? Yeah. Yeah. It's been, this is actually something I talk a lot, like in my coaching and consulting when I'm talking to other business owners, because sometimes especially in the beginning stages of business, like when you start to get busy or when you know you need help, but you don't really know what help you need, it's like a really hard thing to go out in the world and try to find it. And so you kind of waste a lot of money and you waste a lot of time and it's hard to onboard somebody if you don't really know what they're coming in to do. Like there's just so much. And that's what I really was struggling with last year. And so I don't want to call it a waste of money, but it took me a while of hiring, like my team is amazing, love them so much. They show up, they're reliable, they're willing to learn, they're they're great. And I'm the bottleneck often because I'm like, it's easier for me to jump in and do things than to like teach them what I need. Yeah. So it's been just an ongoing process of me jumping in and teaching them and also creating like SOPs this whole time so that, you know, it's not a painful process next time I have to onboard somebody. So what I teach my clients is really figuring out and dialing in the areas that you need in your business and like what areas you're really good at and what areas you're not so good at, but you sort of have to do in the beginning because, you know, you're like the jack of all trades doing all the things. But like, as soon as you're ready to hire somebody, you need to know which part to offload and you need to know what that like position includes, like what tasks and responsibilities are they taking over? So anyway, that's been a, a two-year project in the making of me like trying to get that put together for my own business. But basically I have a business manager and she sort of like takes the ideas in my head and maps them out so I can see them more clearly. And then we plug in like tasks and create SOPs and delegate to the rest of the team. I have a project manager who helps me complete. So I'm an Entreport certified expert. So I build a lot of marketing assets. So essentially over time, my business turned into a marketing automation agency where people hire me to build sales funnels and to build, like do email marketing and I build websites and membership sites. And so it's really like every step of the game, you know, like from lead generation. So you need your landing pages and your opt-ins and your email sequences and your nurturing and like all of these things. So I will build every step of the way. So my project manager and really my business manager still kind of help me now fulfill those building tasks. I have a social media manager who helps me manage my social and does some social media stuff for my clients also does like content creation like the beginning stages and then I'll go in or I'll say like, Hey, here's what I'm going to talk about. Like, let's rough outline some of this stuff. And so she helps me put that together. <clears throat> and then I've been going live in my Facebook group. This is a new thing. I don't like to be on live video, but it's actually not been as bad as I thought, which is nice. So I'll come up with like the idea for the live or what, you know, what I'm putting together as far as training goes. And then she'll kind of break that down, turn it into social media posts, email my list, turn it into a blog and just sort of disseminate to create awareness and, and share the message. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I think when you were saying that you are the bottleneck often, and then you also mentioned that you're a control freak and all of that. I mean, I think that's so relatable to a lot of people that want to, <laughs> they're like, well, I don't want to do all these things, but I also don't want to let anyone else do them. And I have, <laughs> I have that problem in my own life with my kid and my dog. I'm like, I don't want to be the primary everything, but I also don't want anyone else doing it, you know? So like, I, I wonder what work you had to do like internally <laughs> to be mm -hmm. like, okay, I don't need everything. 
And if something happens, yeah, it'll be okay. I will figure it out. It'll be fixed and it'll all be okay. How was kind of letting go initially? How did that go for you? Yeah. <laughs> letting go is a tough <laughs> I it's been just an ongoing mindset game. Honestly, like I operate really well in survival mode really well. And so because of that, just like historically, when I look back at my life, I will keep myself in survival mode because I'm really good in that area. I that area. However, it's not a great area to be in. And so this year, so, you know, I was just looking back at my calendar and, and just being like, I am busy from like the moment I wake up until, you know, 11 PM at night. And I'll work that whole time. Like, if you let me, I just, I like to be busy. Right. So, but that's a problem. That's not okay. And so I was really like reflecting and thinking, what the heck is wrong with me? (laughs) Like, when is enough enough? Like, what's the goal here? What am I aiming for? I mean, I have built a six figure business. That was my goal. I've made, I've made the goal. So why am I like continuing to work? 12 or 14 hour days, like all the, like, why am I continuously pushing? And so the answer I came up with is that my central nervous system is like on fire. <laughs> like I I needed to really figure out how to calm my central nervous system and feel safe in the space that I'm in and be okay with having like white space in my calendar and learning how to relax just as a human, because these are very important things to know and to learn. And Mm -hmm. so it's been a really weird shift for me because again, like I'm good in survival mode. I'm good with my back up against the wall. I can figure things out like on the fly and, and do that kind of stuff. But also there's something to be said for coming at all of those things from like a calm, secure, like safe space where you're grounded and like can make good decisions. So I've been really working on that all year, which is, it was like a culmination this month because literally like in January, I made white space in my calendar. I stopped meeting with clients every week and now I have scheduled, like I have four client call days per month, huge difference, right? So I started like having a lot more time. And in that time I had to learn (laughs) how to talk myself off the ledge and be like, listen, you don't have to work today. Like Sunday is a day for rest (laughs) in my calendar. It says, rest day, do not schedule anything, you know? So like I started taking days where I just had to learn what to do with myself. And, and so I was really proud of myself this month because I actually took the time to be like, you're okay. Business is fine. Like I did check in with my team, but I actually felt confident that everything was okay. And, you know, I'm just kind Mm -hmm. of a, a nut about making sure like my clients are happy and no balls get dropped and you know, that kind of stuff. So I just, you know, I checked in with my clients and I was like, you know, we're good. Everything's fine. And then I like allowed myself everything, like to believe everything was fine, (laughs) which was a big deal. Yeah. I think, you know, if you act as if then it feels real. (laughs) So you're like, okay, (laughs) I'm just going to, I'm just going to go through believing everything is great. And then, and also no news is good news type of thing. Like if they didn't reach out to you and say, hi, everything is exploding, then, you know, you're good to go. And yeah, you know, the, I talk about this in another episode with Devin Lee and she talks about doing an oasis day. Cause she's kind of the same thing where like, she just feels like, well, I have time. I might as well be working. And so she has scheduled Oasis days and that was Sunday for her. And yeah, you just, you're not allowed to do anything. Like you can go and do fun stuff, but it's like no email, no phone, no whatever. And the concept that people have to schedule Oasis time is so funny to me because I'm just like, I I feel like I have to force myself to schedule work stuff unless it's like stuff I'm obsessed with, which you know, is I, I'm, I'm trying to transition to only obsession work because that's where that's like what, what 
fires me up. So yeah, that's really fun that you actually are giving yourself that time and you're not feeling like any kind of weird way about it because you're right. It's so important. And when you're in survival mode all the time, you don't probably get to enjoy all the good stuff you're getting from working so hard. Right. And like, okay. So you just mentioned in an email recently that you had a 62K or something like that month. And it was a big deal for you. Like that was a big milestone, which I, first of all, excellent work. Congrats. And also thank you for sharing that because I know it can be kind of hard to share income like publicly. That can be weird and feel a little bit uneasy. So I wonder how was that for you? Because I think it's inspiring for other people to be able to see, oh, okay, these are real things that are happening. And it it just also shows that like, you know what you're fucking talking about. Like, you're not just out here being a hack. Like, you know what you're doing. <laughs> and so I think it's twofold, like the benefits of it, but I would love to know how that was for you. Yeah. It was kind of (laughs) wild. So I, in June, the end of June, I, you know, was in that weird fear space about leaving my nursing job. Like I had put my notice in and I like, I was all sorts of revved up, like, oh my God, is everything going to be okay? And so at the same time, I also like just kind of backing up for reference, like last year around, like in the summer, I sold my house with the intention of buying an Airstream, like an RV and living and living the RV life because I had created the six figure business and I like had all of this freedom and flexibility and I wasn't enjoying it. Like I wasn't taking advantage. So that was a big thing for me last year. Like I literally sat around all the time and talked to my dog and I was like, Fitz, what are we doing here? Like, I am just living in my cute little house, but I'm just working all the time. Like and I could do this from anywhere. So, so let's do that. So last year sold my house in October, I bought the RV in March of this year, I moved into it. And here I am, I've been living in an RV for five months full time and, and I'm getting ready to hit the road next week, which is super cool. So then fast forward to this June and I, you know, I'm now like moving into this bigger space where last year I envisioned the space of living this RV life. And, and now this year, I'm there, (laughs) like I'm moving into the space and I'm leaving my nursing job. And all of these things are like shifting and changing and like lots of new doors are opening, right? I've created a lot of space and now I have to be big enough to step into that space. And I just felt like I needed some help. (laughs) So I hired a new business coach at the end of June and invested almost $20,000 and you know, paid like in one fell swoop. And that was a big, you know, obviously a big investment. So I was like, okay, I'm being big. Like I'm being big. I'm stepping into this space. And in that moment, I realized that I really hadn't marketed my business and like it had been about 15 months. So I started thinking about marketing my business again. And I was like, well, what is it that I'm actually doing here? Right? Like I, so I've created this marketing automation agency where I build people like marketing assets and, and then I'm doing like ongoing consulting work with them and I'm helping them connect the dots. Right? So we're building the assets, we're building the strategy and we're putting all the pieces together so that it goes and makes you money. Right? So in June slash early July, One of my clients had her first $200,000 launch. That was a huge thing. And I was like, this is stuff I need to be celebrating. Like, I mean, I sent her a card, like, so I'm celebrating, but I was not publicly celebrating. So, so I kind of started leaning into the space of talking about like big wins that I had been getting for my clients and then also big wins that I was getting for myself. So in, in, in July of this year, I, all of my clients are now on annual contracts and I started getting like interest for this coaching slash what has turned into like a sales funnel mastery mastermind, new coaching offer that's come like coming down the pipeline. And, and anyway, yeah, so close the deal. It was like 62,500 in revenue um, in July. And I was like, I'm going to celebrate this. 
and I'm going to overcome like this weird hurdle because the reason I hired my business coach is because she just had a hundred thousand dollar week in the end of June. And so I feel one does, you know, you know, just, yeah. just what I'm doing this week, like goals, right? That's, that's a goal a hundred percent. Like I, I wouldn't say no to having a hundred thousand dollar week, but you know what you have to, you have to vibrate at that level, right? Like you can't just yeah. around and, and do that. And I used to talk about this like a while ago, you can't, I mean, you can, some people do it, but typically you don't just like start a business and then all of a sudden make like 10 K months, right? You have to learn how to be yeah. the kind of business owner who can run a six figure business. Right. And there is like leveling up and weird a lot. It's like mindset. It's all the weird mindset stuff. You have to level up and push through the glass ceiling in your mind in order to grow into the kind of person who can actually have and sustain something like that. And so it's funny because like a lot of times we know these things, like I know these things, I think about this stuff all the time. I coach my clients on it, but we still have these hurdles that we have to get past for ourselves. And sometimes we need help. (laughs) And so I hired the business coach and it was really cool. I got this really awesome bonus deal. Um, and I'm doing a lot of like mindset energy work with somebody else who who kind of came in as as part of the business mastermind package that I purchased. And it's just been wild, like the leveling up and just energetic shifting that's been going on in my life. And so it's weird. I'm kind of in the middle of it right now, but it's like the stars are aligning and and I'm feeling really good. I'm excited to, you know, for what's to come. The mastermind is starting this month, more towards the end of September. I can't believe it's September. And I have a new group coaching program starting as well, which is more geared towards like startup, you know, newer entrepreneurs or or women who really want to have an online business and like don't know where to start, need help and support kind of putting the pieces into place. And then the mastermind is like higher level sales funnels launching a lot of like launch strategy, keeping things organized, ducks in a row, not losing your mind because it's just a busy time to, to try to put all that together. Yes. Um, when you decided to go with this sales coach or sorry, not sales coach, business coach, when you decided, okay, I'm going to go for it. And then you paid in full, which is so like that must have felt so amazing when what I believe is when you take a like you were saying, like when you kind of match that energy of whatever it is that you're putting out there and you're like, I feel great about this. And I believe money always comes back, which you just proved. <laughs> right. So I believe it always comes back. And also when you put something out and you're like, all right, I'm going to make this back. It creates like a vacuum. And it has no choice but to come back to you. So I really, I'm so glad that that was true for you and that you're going on this kind of, I feel like level up is so overused, but like, yeah, you are, you're going on this journey of, like you said, vibrating at a different level now. And I think that's so fun. I can't wait to talk to you in one more year (laughs) because something I've talked about on multiple episodes with people that I've known for over a year in this business is the butterfly effect of like the things that you put in place a year ago, create this snowball that now you get to enjoy the benefits of the the tiny or big actions that you took before. And yeah, it's so easy to get sucked into, you know, I was living in my car and now I have hundred K weeks, right? Like it's so easy to be like, oh, that must've been such an easy journey for you, right? Like you just kind of imagine yourself <laughs> next week, you're going to, you're going to make $10,000. So I love hearing stories about like, no, I've been really putting in the work, not necessarily like the hustle. I mean, it depends on how you, how you define a hustle, but for me, like it could just be anything. It could be networking with the right people. It could be creating products that you finally got momentum to sell, or like you, like you were building your team and getting them feeling really comfortable. And now you can literally go away for a month and not 
worry about them. So it's just any kind of actions that you believe are for like the bigger picture of whatever your goals are big or small, doesn't matter, but it all adds up. So yeah, thank you for that perfect example of this kind of recurring theme that I've been noticing in a lot of these episodes. But one of the things that you were saying was that you were visualizing the Airstream journey. And that's when we first met, you had just like sold your house. And so, yeah, I want to know about your visualization and when you were picturing like, okay, I'm going to go live in this Airstream and I'm going to travel around and all of these things. When you were picturing that in your mind, like, did you have any part of you that was like, no, that's not, that's not real. Or did you fully believe it, even though it seemed a little wacky? Like, did you still fully believe it underneath in your like core? Yeah. It's so funny. Cause <laughs> this isn't the first time I've done something kind of crazy like this. Um, but again, talking about the foundation, I love that. I'm so happy. That's a theme like that you keep yeah. hearing about because I think it's so, 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 so important. <laughs> like I talk about this all the time and that's like my group coaching stuff. Like that is it. Like you need to build a strong foundation for anything because then when you build on top of it, it doesn't all crumble. And that's true for life and it's true for business. So like a long time ago, I had like some big shifts. I ended a relationship that just ultimately didn't feel like it was going to be the right thing. And in the moment it was like, what do you mean? This isn't the right thing. Like it kind of nailed me and took me way by surprise, but I was like, I'm, I'm like a hundred percent positive that this is the right thing for me to do. I don't know why. And I don't know what life is going to look like. And I'm like terrified, but I know it's the right thing. And so that was like a really big deal. And there was a, there was a lot of things back then that that sort of, it was like, they were all coming together again, like stars aligning. Right. And so, and I was listening, even though like, I didn't really know I was, that's what I was doing. I was listening to how I was just listening, I guess, to my like intuition. And so I did it and I like leaned into the space and I have created this sense of trust in myself, which, you know, didn't happen overnight, but when I get these feelings and I know like, Oh, that's just something I got to do. Sounds crazy, like crazy, (laughs) but you know what? That's like the right thing. So it was so funny during COVID. My brother kept saying like, I had a cute, tiny little house, loved my house so much. And my brother was like, you know, the real estate market was nuts. Everything was like going crazy and exploding. And he kept saying, you should sell your house. You make a ton of money. And I was like, I'm not going to sell my house. Where am I going to go? Like, you know, I, I live here. (laughs) Like I live here. I saw my nursing job. Like I'm not selling my house. And he's like, I don't know. You should sell your house. And I was like, no. And then last year uh, I went to Hawaii with my family. So my mom, my brother, my sister, and I, it was like the first time the four of us had ever traveled like on an actual vacation like that, just the four of us. So it was so fun. And we we were having a great time and I was, you know, practicing, relaxing. And I was like, I think I'm going to sell my house. And so I literally like, I called a realtor from Hawaii. I made an appointment for like two days after I got home. She came over, I listed my house and like sold it within six weeks and made a ton of money. And it was wonderful. And I was like, and you know, so when I'm in Hawaii, I'm thinking, okay, so what are the options? Like I'm going to sell my house. I don't want to turn around and buy another house in this crazy market because you know, that doesn't make any sense. So I was like, where could I, and literally I'm in Hawaii. And I was like, maybe I'll move to Hawaii with my dog and live on a coffee farm. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I'm like not 20 something anymore, I guess. So it it felt like not a very concrete way to take the next step, you know? So I was like, how could I do this and do it in a like financially conscious way? And like one of my friends had been talking about buying an RV during COVID. And so I messaged him and I was like, hey, what was that RV you were looking at? And anyway, it just turned into this thing. And I was like going to buy, I don't know, like a 15 foot RV to live in. And my mom was just like, 
no, like no. just, and I was like, but why? <laughs> and so anyway, I ended up buying this 30 foot Airstream. It's huge. And I had never towed anything in my life, oh, but gosh. in the moment I was like, okay, this is right. And I literally was driving around, like my house was listed. It was going on the market, like and I was just driving around saying money flows to me, <laughs> like literally saying it out loud, like me and my dog in the car, I was, yeah. you know, I made a little song out of it. So it was super fun. And, and so I, you know, sold the house. I made quite a bit. I was able to buy the Airstream and I had like this rough, I, I was able to live with a friend, which was really helpful. So one of my friends offered. And uh, so I moved in with her and I was like, listen, I'll be here like six to eight months. My, my launch plan is March. I, I moved in with her on July 1st last year. I bought the Airstream in October and literally my launch was March. Like I moved out March 1st and I moved into the Airstream. So everything aligned, like the timeline in my head, I made the timeline in my head. So I don't know if I just like manifested it. I don't know. I, I But anyway, like the timeline was in my head and it actually unfolded in the exact same way that I had it in my head. And now here I am. And so I left, you know, everything has happened on, on track and on time. And I left my nursing job in August and that was also part of the plan. So I just think that we have to trust ourselves to like lean into that space. If it feels right, even if it feels crazy, if there's something inside of you saying like, Hey, I think this is the direction. Like, I don't know what, I mean, I had never towed anything in my life. I didn't have a truck. Like I went to driving school. I bought a big truck. Like I bought the Airstream. I have learned so much and so many new words that I had just never knew existed in the past year. And like, as I'm learning how to tow this thing and yeah, all sorts of stuff, you know? So anyway, it's just been a really fun evolution and journey. And, yeah. and next week I'm, I'm hitting the road and I have all sorts of like road trips planned for the fall. So it's kind of, it's kind of wild. I mean, I it's at the, it's at this point in the podcast I usually say so what's the most unhinged thing you've ever done and I go. feel like that's not necessary to even <laughs> ask because well as someone who ha so we my husband and I also bought a trailer during COVID like I think it was like January 2021 so we were like we're gonna live in this thing it's gonna be great but that was a half-baked plan. We still have the trailer and we use it all the time and it's the best. But when you said a 15 foot live in, I was like, please no. Oh my gosh. I think ours is like 24 feet and it's, you know, it's, that's the bare minimum. I feel like for us at least. And I was determined to figure out how to live in that trailer because I wanted to see places and we both had physical regular jobs at that time. And I was like, I don't know how this is going to happen, but it's going to happen. It didn't, but, but that, that like underlying desire to go and explore more has never left. And now I know that I just, I had a, I had to refine that vision because now my goal is that we have, we don't have to rely on, well, I'm trying, my husband, we're trying to get him into a different like career journey so that he has more availability to take two weeks off or whatever he wants. So he's on that path. I'm doing my thing. Right. And so we're getting very close to that, but it's all because of this random idea I had two and a half years ago. Like it, you know, and so I love that you had a plan and you stuck to it, something I'm terrible at, but something that is so it's becoming clearer to me that discipline actually equates to freedom. Because if you set your plan, you figure out how you're going to achieve those goals with like actual steps. Okay. You achieve those goals. And then now you have the freedom to go and do the things you can go and travel. You can go quit your job you can whatever and it's just so hard to set the plan believe in yourself enough to do the things and then when you achieve the things you're like cool now I get to do a new plan so yeah I mean just kudos to you and also like celebrate 
Don't forget to celebrate your wins because those are all, everything you just said was a huge win to me. And I love that you just were like, I need to sell my house and I'm going to live in an Airstream. I say this all the time in just my regular life, but it's so true for you, for this conversation that we just had. It doesn't have to make sense to be true. So when you were in Hawaii and you were like, I'm going to sell my house and I don't know where I'm going to live. But you knew that that was your next step for whatever reason. And without questioning it too much, you trusted yourself. And then you were able to like see the, you know, the fruits of your (laughs) kind of unhinged decisions. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't have to make sense to other people to be true for you. So I... I'm just, I just love your story so much. And also because you're actually living my dream of just traveling around and working and like just crushing it overall. So I am so excited for you. Yeah. Like I said, normally this is where I would be like, Hey, so what's the, what's the, (laughs) so instead I will ask you, is there a piece of advice or, or something that you see happening a lot that you deliberately ignore because it just does not feel right for you? First of all, I love that you called me unhinged. (laughs) It's amazing. And I, I'm so happy to be on this podcast. Uh, it's like the perfect piece for me. So that's fun. It really is. Yeah. (laughs) The thing. Okay. So I had a couple of thoughts while you were talking and I think, I think this is so important. And I really, it took me a while to learn it, but these little things that pop into your head, right? The, like the dreams that come up and you're like, Hey, you know, I want to live in an RV. Those are the things we really need to pay attention to. And I feel like a lot of people don't pay attention to them or they, they hear them, right? Like you have the thought and then you're like, Oh, well that can't happen. That's way too crazy. Like one of my friends recently exactly. was like, like, I mean, and I can't tell you how many people are like, oh, you're living my dream. Oh, I wish I could do that. And I'm like, well, you can do that. Like if you really want yeah. to. Right. And so there's, you know, you have to have a filter because I mean, you wouldn't believe some of the crazy ideas I, I think of, but, <laughs> but normally I'm big on crazy ideas. So when I think of crazy ideas, I'm like, cool, how can I make that happen? And so I just think that practicing paying attention to the crazy ideas that pop into your head and not like totally disregarding them as crazy. Like one of my friends was like, oh, you're just much much more of a risk taker than I am. And I was like, well, that's fair. Like not everybody wants to have my level of crazy, right? Or you have like your own zone of crazy. Like, you know, my crazy stuff might not be your crazy stuff and that's totally fine. But I just think it's so important to listen to these crazy ideas in your mind because it's what your heart is telling you, right? And you need to listen. And the more that you listen to like these desires or crazy ideas or thoughts or envy, envy, I think is a big one because if, you know, if people look at me and and, and they're like, oh, I wish I could do that. Okay, well, you can do that. Like, how can you do that? What What steps do you have to put in place? And I noticed this a lot in myself, like when I was younger, right? And I and I would look at people who had like a better body or like the body that I wanted. And I was like, ooh, so envious, you know? Or mm-hmm. like I, I was on this kick. So I'm like a, a distance runner and like endurance athlete kind of person. And so I had run my first marathon when I was 24. And, you know, just I had something to prove to myself. And so I did it and I like didn't die. And that was great. And then like, I didn't do it for a really long time. So then in my early thirties, I started reading a lot about running. Like I was getting, you know, excited about running again. And I was like, I didn't ever want to be one and done with the marathon. Like I wanted to come back and have like my, my redemption. And so in my early thirties, I started getting these vibes and I, I was reading a lot of running books, distance running books and books about like ultra marathoners. And I was like, oh my God, they're so cool. Like godly, you know, they're like the coolest people. And I read like one book and then I read another book. And then I was like following all these people on social media and just like, I was just in awe. I don't know if it was envy. It was Mm -hmm. awe. Like they're so cool. And then I was like, 
want to be that cool. Like I could do this. And so I signed up for an ultra marathon and I was like, you know, go big, (laughs) go big or die trying. And then I did it. Right. And so that was the first time that I ever had to like really reach, like it was a big goal. I had never done it before. I'm typically on like the couch to start in line training plan where I'm like, especially now, cause I've, I have like some races and stuff like that under my belt. So I'm like, well, I know I can do it. You know, like I just ran a race a couple of weeks ago, seven miles. And I like, haven't run all summer. And I was like, well, I'm not going to die. Like I've done it plenty of times before, so it's fine. But for this, it was a 50 mile race and I had to really dig deep and like show up and put in the work and I did it. And then I trusted myself after it, like so much that the past 10 years of my life have just been like a compound effect where I, I have a big goal. I know, and I trust myself that I can figure it out, put in the work, do whatever I have to do to like get to that goal if it's important enough to me. And then now I can do it. And so, you know, doing this whole like house and airstream and, and like six figure business and like all of these things, like, cool. It's a compound effect because I believed in myself back then to be crazy enough and show up and try. And now I'm like, well, I was crazy once and I succeeded. Now I don't always succeed. Like, it's not that I always succeed. Like I also, you know, endurance athlete, whatever. And I, I was like, well, I'm going to do an Ironman. So on my 40th birthday, I was like, doing an Ironman finally. Like I've been thinking about this for a long time. It's been on my list. Haven't been on a bike in 20 years, but like, boom, signed up for an Ironman. Like, a year from then. So I yeah. did not succeed. Uh, I mean, I, I crashed and burned like during the race, broke my collarbone and wound up in an ambulance instead. So that's, that's a whole nother story. But <laughs> the point is I showed up, I tried, I had the goal. I showed up literally for three years trying to complete that goal. And, and I didn't ever do it. And eventually it became like, it wasn't a goal anymore. And I had to let it go because it had been three years and I was yeah. tired and I was like, I don't want to do it. But I still think that the lessons that you gain from going big and going after something like that, even if you don't succeed, like there's still lessons and it adds still to the compound effect of like whatever is going to happen 10 years from now. Yeah, absolutely. Because now you just learned what you don't want to do and you're like, all right, well, it wasn't for me. That didn't work out. Don't throw water bottles from a bike. Does not go well. I learned that. (laughs) Oh, throw them. Okay. Yes, don't do that. I will take note of that for my next Ironman. <laughs> when you were talking about people say, oh, you're living my dream. So I wonder if people actually dream of living in the RV and traveling around and blah, 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 or if they're actually saying, I envy the freedom that you have to do those things because I, I, yeah, I know. I literally, I literally said that I would love to live in an RV. I, I think that I envy the freedom that you have as that option to go and you can be gone for months at a time, whatever you want to do. So I love that you have that flexibility and if that, like, if, if someone, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, that doesn't make sense. I don't want to live in an RV. Okay. But how can you visualize something, whether it's the freedom to do, I don't know, work one day a week, or it's the freedom to like coach your kid's softball team, like whatever it is, whatever that freedom looks like you can create the business that you want based on that goal. And then you just create it so that you can do that thing and have that freedom. And it could be something as simple as coaching a kid's sport, you know, or it can be as, because that's impactful too. And that is a valid goal. Or it can be something like, I'm going to go live on a coffee farm in Hawaii. Okay, cool. So Yeah, I think it's like identifying the underlying like, oh, why am I having a reaction to that? Why am I feeling jealous, even though I've never wanted to live in an RV, right? Right. So yeah, I think that it's so interesting to just kind of pick that apart and be like, what is it really that I'm 
feeling jealous about because, or yeah, that envy, because that is exactly what you need to be paying attention to. And when your body reacts to something like that, you're like, Ooh, okay. Pick it up on something here. (laughs) It tells you so much. That's the thing. And again, like my kind of crazy is not for everybody. And I totally get that. Yeah. But I just want people to like lean into their own kind of crazy, you know, like what if you were dreaming big, what does that look like? You know, and like Mm -hmm. having these inklings and yeah, like the reaction that you get to somebody else's story or, you know, stuff that you see, it's all like I was reading a book recently and it's they call them like breadcrumbs, like it's breadcrumbs leading you to like, yes, trail of your heart's desire. And that is so important to listen to because the more you Mm -hmm. lean into that space and live a life that your heart desires, like the more everything aligns for you and the more you feel like you and the better results you get because you're like living your truth. That's like such a big deal. You know what I mean? And so Mm -hmm. anybody can do that. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be like these big crazy goals if alignment looks different for you, but you still have to pay attention to what your heart is telling you and you still have to be brave enough to be like, I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen. Like, how can I make that happen? And I had a a former client message this morning. I can't remember if I said this already. And she was just like, you know, you built me this thing a while back. I never did anything with it, but I still have the desire. It's still there. I just, I was, you know, I forget the word she used, but like intimidated, like afraid to step into the Mm. space. And I was like, you still have the desire. Like that's the little voice inside your head whispering to you that like, this is important to me and it's still coming up after three years. So like, it's just really saying, please listen to me. How can we make this happen? And so as long as you pay attention and kind of look at it in the concrete way that you mentioned, like breaking it down into steps and making it kind of more concrete and, and going for it. um, I really think like, success is inevitable. Yeah, I totally, I mean, I love, I love that visual, visual of breadcrumbs because I was, I was going to say that, yeah, when you have things that just keep showing up and you're like, oh, I just, I keep coming back to this recurring theme of whatever it is running a marathon or like for me, I, when I was in high school, I was like, I don't want to get a job. I had no desire to get a job because I didn't want to work for someone. So I was just like, well, why would I even get a job when I just have no goals? (laughs) And I didn't really know, like at that time, this wasn't super a thing, right? Like that was gosh, 2009 or yeah, 2009. So I was like, this was just barely becoming a thing. And I, I just had zero motivation to, I went to college, but like, yeah, it was whatever. I just went to check off the box and I had, I was like drawing logos for my imaginary business in my little notebook. I didn't even know what the business did. I just was making up logos for it. And I went to school, got my job, just showed up every day, you know, <laughs> and then I just quit every job I had because I just felt like I don't want to do this. Even though, even if it was a good job, I was just like, Bleh. and that has, so what was that? You know, thir- I can't do math 13 years ago. And so over the last 13 years, I've just been, okay, well, that's not working. That's not working. That's not for me. That's not for me. But I never knew what was for me besides the fact of like, I don't like following other people's rules basically. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so then when it, when this opportunity to just do my own thing showed up, I didn't even think more than a day about it. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go do this. And that was two years ago. And so it was just like, I took a picture of myself. I probably still have it, but I took a picture of myself when I decided I'm never going to work for someone else. I took like a selfie and it's a very weird kind of mugshot type selfie, (laughs) but that I took it so that I could look back 
in years to come and be like, that was the day I knew there was no plan B. And a month later I quit my job, I think. And then here we are because I knew for the last, I mean, maybe even before I was drawing logos in my little journal, but I always just had this underlying gut feeling that this was the thing, like without even knowing what to call it. And so yeah, it's so easy to ignore those signs that we get all the time. It's so easy to ignore them because it's like, oh, well, that's scary and new. Get away from me. Yeah. 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 It's, you know, that's a normal reaction to something that's uncomfortable because we're like, okay, is this scary because it's going to be hard or is this scary because it's wrong for me Yeah, and not something I need to give attention to? I think it takes like muscle building or, you know, training, marathon training to figure out the difference. Yeah. Yeah. I think that what I've found is that the stuff that doesn't actually matter to you doesn't keep coming up. You know what I mean? Like there's been so many things that I've yeah been passionate about and like these little breadcrumb things that show up in my life. And so it makes me feel like there's so much I want to do. Like I'm interested in everything, but that's not true. Like I've never wanted to be a lawyer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there are so many things yeah. that I, I've never given any thought to at all. And so if that came into my mind and somebody was like, Oh, you want to go to law school? Like it wouldn't, I wouldn't think twice about it. I'd be like, that's not for me. Like, no, I don't want to do that. But same, like I really, I want to be the boss of me. <laughs> and I, you know, was kind of like rebellious when I was younger. And maybe that was like my first sign that like, I don't want somebody else making my decisions for me or telling me when I can take vacation or telling me like how much vacation I can take or that I have to work nights. Like mm -mm. <laughs> that doesn't, or matter. how much you can make. Yeah. Well, that's like the big thing. Right. And so, yeah. Yeah. The, the uncomfortable part is thinking big. I mean, I think a lot of people think big, right? Like, ooh, yeah, I'd like to make a million dollars. Like, ooh, like, but those are just kind of passing thoughts. But stepping into the place and and being like, ooh, could I actually, could I actually do that? It's like terrifying. I mean, so when I did all of this crazy stuff in the past year, and even when I started my business, I don't know, it was COVID and I just needed something to do because I'm like a busy person. But I also am like an all in kind of person. So I knew it was going to ramp up and, you know, like I just I knew this was going to happen. But when I decided to sell my house and all these things, and then like when I decided to leave my job, I was like, OK, first of all, I'm selling the house. Like, where do I go? Not just like, what am I going to live in or whatever? But like, yeah. if I have no ties to anything, I don't have to show up for a job. It's just me and my dog. I mean, I have family and stuff, but like I could literally live every anywhere, everywhere. I could live everywhere. That's what I do now. But I could live anywhere. Like, where would I go? And the decision, it's so big. It's like overwhelming. And and yeah. a lot of times that can totally paralyze you because you're like, I could live anywhere. Like, oh my God, I, that's so much. I can't even like make a decision, right? And so you stay in what feels Freeze. safe and comfortable because that's what you know. And what I know, there's nothing wrong with what I know. Like I know that the area that I live in is nice and I have, you know, good people yeah. around and all of these things, but also there's a lot of life out there and a lot of experiences. And I just feel called to like do those things. And the same thing with money. Like when I left the nursing job, it was like, it's like that freeze thing. Yeah. Like you get paralyzed because you're like, well, what do I do with myself? If I have nothing to do, if I don't have to show up to work, like that's terrifying. And it's okay to be afraid if, if the passion is there and those little inklings and the breadcrumbs come to you and you're like, well, I, I feel like this is, I feel like this is the right direction. Something feels right. Right. So you're leaning into it. And then, and then you can kind of talk yourself off the ledge of the terrifying, scary stuff because you're like, okay, well, I don't have to decide today where I'm going to live. You know, I'm going to live in an RV. I'll just travel mm -hmm. around and see where I want to go and see where, you know, the tides take me. 
and you just kind of break it into smaller pieces, it's like less overwhelming and, and you sort of still have to push through the fear and, and kind of lean into it. But yeah, I mean, I think just follow the, follow the breadcrumbs. That is all, even if it's scary, because it leads to really yeah. cool stuff. And that was like one of my biggest things. Like, yeah. I don't want to know where my life is going to take. I mean, some people want to know what's going to, what their life is going to look like in 10 or 20 years. Yeah. I feel like that's a safety thing. Like you're just, and I feel like it's important to feel safe, but um, I don't want to know. I want to feel safe, but I don't want to know. Like there's so many cool things and opportunities and doors to open and like paths to go down that you just never would have even thought. And I think it's so cool to, I don't know, just kind of roll along with it. I think the reason that you don't want to know is because you believe that it'll all work out no matter what path it is. So before you believe that, then you want to know what's going to be happening. You want to be able to predict, but by, by understanding that if you just keep playing the game, you're, you're going to come out a winner. Then that relieves all the pressure of, okay, well, I need to know what's happening. What am I doing? And that has literally changed my life this year. Just realizing that I'm like, Oh, I don't care what happens because I just know that it's going to be fine. I had another episode where we talked about season three energy. So it's like, I'm a big TV person. So I love shows series. And often in season three, that's when things really start to get rolling. And like, in my opinion, season three of most shows is the best one. Um, and you know, the characters are going to have a good series finale. You know that. So just believing that everything is part of the plot is such a relief for someone with anxiety like me. <laughs> and, started... oh, sorry. Yeah. We started off talking about being control freaks. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so yeah. there is yeah. like safety in that because if you feel and this is, I think is like where the anxiety and all of this stuff comes from. Cause you want like such a tight hold and to control everything and to control the outcomes. And I'm a control freak too, but also like looking at the big picture, it is like letting go and trusting that like everything's going to work out. It's funny. That's really insightful that I hadn't really thought about. I used to have a much tighter hold of my life in that, you know, you're checking the boxes off. You think you should have like the job and the relationship and the college and, you know, all these yeah. things. But like, yeah, if you let that go a little bit, like the chips fall where they're supposed to be. And it's a really cool rearranging of everything. And anxiety yeah. is like, and if you have the trust, like the anxiety kind of goes like it. Yeah. It's easier. And if you're feeling like, okay. I have this huge like <laughs> pile of decisions I have to make or, you know, I have too much to do, nothing to do, which means too much to do because like the opportunities are endless. So one thing I, I will not remember this little story correctly, but basically like there's a boy and a horse in the woods and the horse can talk for some reason. And the boy is like, I can't see the way out. And the horse just says, can you see your next step? Yeah. And like, that's what you do. Like you just keep taking the next step. And then a year later, you're traveling in an RV around yeah. the country. So, you know, so it all like, just, it all just compounds. My motto, my motto, because running is like life. And I think this is why I like running so much because literally one step at a time, that's all you got to do. That's it. Yeah. You don't have to think Ooh, about it. Really good. You just have to like take the next step. And like you can do that because it's only one step and it's an easy, you know, just one more. I love yes. that. Yes. Well, I think that's a beautiful place to wrap this up. I, this has been so fun. Of course, I already knew it would be, but I just love, I love a conversation that is very fueling for like my own energy. So hopefully that was that for you. And if you're listening to, I hope that you took something away from this because yeah, it's just, it just, if you, if you get nothing from this, just remember, take the next step and you're going to be great and everything will work out. Okay. I have 
links for all your stuff in the show notes. And if people want to connect with you, they can do so there. I'm so excited for your group coaching and your mastermind that you're launching and keep getting those, you know, incredible high dollar months and keep celebrating your wins and keep relaxing and all of that. But just thank you so much for being here and we'll talk soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. It was so fun. This episode is sponsored by the Unhinged Biz membership. Now this is a membership that I created as a spawn to this podcast because I was having so much fun interviewing people about what shouldn't be working but is and what rules they're breaking and how they're making bank while doing things in a way that typically would be considered a little out there. So if you're somebody who is either a brand new business owner or maybe you're like about to launch your business and you're feeling a little bit lost, a little bit, what's my next step? This is for you. If you have been in business for a while and you still feel like you haven't figured it out, like things just are not clicking and you want to know how to create offers, funnels, consistency, clarity, flexibility, freedom, all of those things this is for you. If you're an established business owner who is now finding yourself at a place where you want to pivot and maybe speak to a different audience or totally, you know, overhaul your offers or pivot your niche, whatever it is, this is for you too. This membership is designed so that no matter how you like to communicate, no matter how you like to get support, no matter how you want to work, you have options and you have the ability to really create a business that you cannot wait to show up for every day without feeling like you have to figure everything out alone. Okay. I'm obsessed with this. I want you to be obsessed with it too, if it feels right for you. So go check it out and I hope to see you inside.